Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. testimony for the second Sunday in Advent is from Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and just decrees that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In college, I interviewed for a youth director job at a local church. Yes, a youth director to help work with the youth of that church. In the interview, I was asked how I would conduct myself as a youth director. I can recall saying something to the effect like this. I said, you know, as a youth director, I will be sure, I will be sure to make the Bible and the church relevant, yes, relevant to the youth. Now, looking back, I'm ashamed to admit that what I did was insult the church leaders of that church as well as the pastor. Furthermore, yes, furthermore, I also snubbed my nose at 2,000 years of church history. You see, I had this idea that the church and the Bible were irrelevant, that they were somehow out of touch, somehow out of touch, and that my youthfulness would then be an asset to an old and outdated church. However, I was severely misguided. I was a fool. Now, dear friends, over the last several decades in the church, there's been many generational fights, no doubt about it. For example, young church leaders in America are often conditioned to view older people in the older generation as, well, in a negative light, let's just say it that way. They view them as being out of touch, irrelevant, and stagnant, kind of holding the church back from its full potential. However, on the other side of the coin, the older generation often views younger men and women as, well, untested, ignorant, cocky, and impatient. And so as a result, between the young and the old, lines get drawn in the sand Older people, well, they are viewed as being out of touch, and younger people, well, they're viewed with, yeah, they're viewed with suspicion. And as a result, many American churches live in this tension between the young and the old. The young trying to drive the old people off, or at least just sit in the pew and be quiet. And the old, well, the old, they give a cold shoulder to many of the younger trying to maintain that control of the church. Indeed, there is a human tendency in every generation, to function as if the church is for that particular generation 
and as well that each generation believes that their generation is the best. Now, in our Old Testament reading from the book of Malachi, in our Old Testament reading from the book of Malachi, though, it sure seems, when you read it at initial glance, it sure seems that Malachi is coming to the rescue of the older generation. Through the prophet Malachi, it is declared, it is declared, listen again. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come to strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. As you heard, Malachi, he mentions Elijah. And what we know about the time of Elijah is this, that the leading sin during the time of Elijah was quarrels in the family. Now, not the kind of quarrels in the family where there's an interpersonal conflict between a dad and a son, but instead, the sons of the day, they were degenerate. They were degenerate descendants. The sons of the day, they had rebelled. This generation, during the time of Elijah, they had left the piety of their fathers to chase after the false gods of Baal. So clearly, Malachi, so clearly Malachi is awarding a point to the older generation, right? Older generation one, younger generation zero. Nah, this is not the case. This is not what is happening. Indeed, this is not what is happening. Now, dear friends, it is easy for us to connect a favorable opinion to a particular generation. It is indeed quite easy. For example, we could say here at St. Paul's, we could say this. You know, the 1950s, those were the days when the new church was built and came to completion. And then Pastor Ruthenbeck, well, he was the pastor. Those were the good old days, a brand new church and that great pastor. We should actually try to get back to those days. Ah, that would be swell. Others of you may come along and say, nonsense. Things were much better in the 80s and the 90s with Pastor Jinx. That's when things were happening. And then some of you may respond to both of these groups and say, who was Pastor Ruthenbeck or Pastor Jinx? During the first two decades of the 2000s, well, they were the best with Pastor Birch. And finally, if some of you will come along and say, nah, none of these times. Right now is the time. Now is the time. The present is so much better. We have Pastor Roth, who says that he's as old as the dinosaurs, I'm quoting him. <laughs> and we have Pastor Richard, who tends to be a little bit younger. We have the best of both worlds. We have the older generation with Roth and the younger generation with Richard. We have both. It's better than all of them combined. And my friends, around and around we can go. We can compare each generation of the church to the other. And through this comparison, though, we can become divisive and competitive and dividing the church into a thousand pieces and missing the whole point of what Malachi is saying to you and I today, to you and me today. Now, dear friends, please listen very carefully. Malachi was not upholding the older generation as better because it was older. Older does not mean being more faithful or automatically better. You see, there's heresy and there's foolishness in every generation. 
If you and I wanted to, we could go through every generation of this church and of our culture, and we could find a failure in every generation to the point no generation is superior based on being young or old. That is kind of a foolish way of talking. Not kind of, it is. It is a foolish kind of talk. And so if you think that your generation is better than the younger generation because you are old, well, you are wrong and you need to repent. And if you think your generation is somehow better than the older generation because you are young, you are also wrong and you need to repent. Every generation is sin sick. Every generation, the old and the young, every generation needs Jesus. Full stop. So back to Malachi. What Malachi was getting at is this. Now it's true. It's true that the generation of Elijah was degenerate, estranged from God. It is also not true, though, that Malachi is calling for us or for them to adopt an older generation simply because it's older. Malachi is pointing out the need of the sons, yes, the sons to be united to the fathers not by getting the fathers to love their sons a bunch more, but instead, the sons needed to repent of their rebellion, their rebellious sins, and return once more to the heart of their fathers. As already mentioned, during that time of Elijah, that generation abandoned the fear and the love and the trust of God Almighty for pagan idols, for false gods, for puny little false gods called like Baal. And unlike previous generations, that generation of Elijah, they left the faith. And so Elijah was calling that generation to repent, to return to the faith of their fathers and grandfathers. In other words, the goal is for the heart of the fathers. The goal is the heart of the fathers, the father's disposition and the affections of the father to be placed back into the sons so that both generations would faithfully abide in the fear and love and trust of God Almighty. I'm not sure if you have heard this or not. Over a decade ago, the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate had a synodical president, not our current president, but a previous synodical president, and he remarked this. He said, this is not your grandfather's church, referencing the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate. He said, this is not your grandfather's church. Well, there was much dispute over this synodical president's words and what he actually meant by these controversial words. Nonetheless, we can say right here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, this is Grandpa's Church, no doubt about it. In fact, in preparation for this summer's youth trip to Wisconsin, the youth, get this, kind of neat to share, the youth are having t-shirts made with a picture of the first president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, a guy named C.F.W. Walther, right there on the t-shirt, a big picture of C.F.W. Walther, when he has no teeth, his wild man hair, a picture of old man Walther right on the t-shirt. And then on the bottom of that picture, on that t-shirt, the youth will have some sort of phrase written to indicate that they are still attending Grandpa's church. You see, the loyalty of the youth to C.F.W. Walther and those first Lutherans in America is not a loyalty to a nostalgic time. It's not a loyalty to a nostalgic time. Instead, it is the same loyalty that you adults have it's an appreciation for the disposition, the affections of C.F.W. Walther and that first generation of Lutherans. 
their steadfast commitment to hear Christ and Him crucified. Baptized saints, hear this loud and clear. We are anchored here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. Indeed, we are anchored in this church. However, that anchor, that anchor is not connected to the great generation. That anchor is not connected to the baby boomer generation. That anchor is not connected to Generation X. That anchor is not connected to the millennial generation or the up-and-coming Zoomer generation. Furthermore, that anchor, this anchor of the church, is not connected to pastors Ruthenbeck, Knuth, Vogler, Jinks, Birch, Roth, or Richard. But instead, our anchor is connected to Christ and his word and his sacraments. And so every generation that abides in Christ is a generation that is worth respecting. Hear that again. Every generation that abides in Christ is a generation that is worth respecting. And so when we uphold C.F.W. Walther and the first Lutherans of America, when we uphold the reformers of the 1500s, those guys such as Martin Luther, Martin Chemnitz, Melanchthon, and so forth, we're not upholding them because of who they are but we're upholding them because they feared and loved and trust. They had a fear, love, and trust in God Almighty. We admired their disposition, their steadfast commitment to receiving Christ and Him crucified. And so to the point, there's no such thing as a divided and competing generational church. The church cannot be competing and divided over generations because Christ cannot be divided Himself. And He's not in conflict with Himself. And so hear this, this is how it is. There's only one baptism, there's only one faith, there's only one confession, there's only one doctrine because there's only one Christ. If there's any generational divisions in the church or even here in St. Paul's Lutheran Church, someone has left the disposition, the affections of our Lutheran forefathers. Someone needs to repent. Indeed, when we we need to turn, excuse me, indeed, we need to return to the piety of our Lutheran forefathers that not only rested, but confessed Christ in the face of adversity and death itself. As that young youth director, I failed to understand that the church's theology is not continually evolving. The church is not seeking to find new doctrine or try to develop a new product if the church were, I guess we could say then the innovations of youth would be needed. However, since the church already possesses all that is needed in Jesus and his word, the goal is not to discover some new insights from the youth, but it is rather to pass down God's word to the youth. Yes, to the youth. Yes, hear that loud and clear. For the older generation of this church for the older generation of this church, the goal is to pass down the gospel. Yes, the gospel, that was once passed down to you. Ideally, older individuals of the church are called to pass down, yes, pass down the church's theology and practice because they do not look down on those who are younger but want younger Christians to abide in Christ just like they are and just like their grandparents before. And those who are young, yes, those who are young in the church, well, they're called to gladly receive with joy 
knowing that they are receiving good gifts from the previous generation that abides in Christ and his gifts as well. And so baptized saints, hear this loud and clear. Christ Jesus, he's bigger than every generation because he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. He is not fragmented into each generation, but rather, get this, each generation from every tribe and every language receives forgiveness, life, and salvation from him and him alone. And so if you are older in this church, you are rooted and abide in Christ. If you, if you are younger in this church, indeed, if you are younger in this church, you are rooted and abide in the same Christ. And together, every generation, you are inserted into something much bigger, something older, something more supreme, Christ and his word, which is for you. And thus, every generation in this church, in the church at large, is united in Christ. The old and the young are one together in Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.